This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. As mentioned on the Daily Financial News, we are starting our expert series, and we always start strong on Mondays with Mr. Greg Dickerson. How are you doing, sir? Good, Michael. How are you? Showing the guns, huh? They're flexing. <laughs> start like strong, it. finish strong, man. I hit the gym first thing every morning, and you know, first of the week, I hit this with you, and man, it just sets the tone. I love it. I love it. Well, let's let's keep that theme going, and let's let's talk about a topic that is dominating the the press, at least the financial press. Uh, it is something that I really haven't considered a lot over the twenty years of investing, but I think it's it's something we have to consider. It was certainly around in the 70s and 80s, and that is the dreaded word of inflation. So I'm wondering where you come down on that. Do you see inflation kind of near short-term, medium-term? Where, where do you think that? And then we'll, we'll go into that a little bit deeper. So what is that? Inf- <laughs> yeah. What is inflation? We've never seen it. Yeah, yeah um, it has been a long time. And you know we're seeing it on a you know normal minor level. So inflation generally at the consumer level is obviously goods and services, you know, exponentially increasing over a short period of time. And what we're what we have right now in the economy is we have asset inflation. So all assets are way overly inflated, all of them. I mean, real estate's probably spiked 30% or more in some markets, you know, in the last year. Yeah. Um, and it's really incredible. And, you know, housing and real estate, you know, if, and vehicles, things like that. If you look at those types of things, I mean, vehicles are astronomical now, but again, it's all about the financing. I mean, I saw the other day, um, I'm looking for another vehicle and, you know, you see all the specials they're offering and yeah, I mean, you can get 84 months now, zero interest Jeez. for 84 months. So they can charge 70 or $80,000 for an SUV that should be 50 grand. You know, I mean, I've always driven Suburbans. I love a Suburban. Those stupid things are $80,000 now. The last one I bought, I paid 60,000 for, you know? So um, it's just crazy. So is that inflation? You know, I mean, literally I've got a 2016 Suburban. I paid 60 grand for it in 2016, brand new. And, you know, 100,000 miles just after the warranty, of 100,000 miles. It was 105. The transmission went out, had to replace that. Now I've got a blown engine, yeah. you know, so I've got, yeah, I mean, I've only have 150,000 miles on. It's a great vehicle. I love it. So now I'm looking at an engine replacement. So yeah, anyway, time to go. <laughs> but I've been looking at vehicles, right? Yeah. So, you know, and now it's like, you know, just, just that alone is unbelievable. Gas is going up. Food's gone up. Mm-hmm. A lot of it is pandemic induced. But some of it is just, you know, flat out inflationary environment, but it's mostly, it's mostly the supply side versus demand. So Mm. it's not necessarily that we have an increased demand, it's the supply side can't keep up and there's a backlog. Now where your demand is causing, you know, massive inflation is on the, you know, the housing market, uh, construction, uh, you know, anything like that. There's huge demand, supply chain is constrained in a lot of areas, so prices are spiking there, but at the retail consumer level, we still don't have a ton of it yet because people don't have that money in their pocket yet. Mm. And, you know, when these stimulus checks come out, things like that, you might see a little spike in some things, but you know, um, when you poll people on what they're doing with their stimulus checks, probably, you know, 
30, 40% is going to put it in the bank. 30, 40% might use it to catch up with their bills. There's another group that might put it in the stock market, gamble it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a bunch of people are going to buy lottery tickets, you know, yeah. which, which is interesting. But the last round of stimulus checks, I go to a couple of convenience stores regularly to get my diet Coke fix. <laughs> and, um, you know, I talked to the cashiers in there and, and you know, back around uh, the last couple of stimulus checks, they told me that people were just spending their entire stimulus check on lottery tickets. Oh, that is frightening. That is frightening. So yeah, it, inflation is one of those things that you have to be, like you said, you got to, you have to kind of peel it back. Cause again, the media is going to talk about it. They're going to, they're always trying to scare us. I think the media, as I've learned on YouTube, if you want to get a lot of views, go negative. So the, mm -hmm. so the media is going to try to scare people with inflation. I like how you broke it down. Without question, we've had asset inflation, both real estate stocks. Uh, and I think, I think at least in the stock market, if the 10 year note continues to rise, right? It went from under 1% January 1st to now touching 1.6. So not, the move itself may seem small, but on a percentage basis, that's like an 80% move. Yeah, didn't it hit two on Friday, one one issuance of the 10-year note, or was it? Well, 1.62 is the high print on Friday. Okay. Uh, people are talking about two. That's the new thing. People look at the channel, right? They look at all these, you know, daily candles and all of that. And they're going, oh my God, the next resistance is 2%. So that's, that's where you may have seen it. Uh, that was definitely a talk on Friday and Saturday, okay. kind of financial news uh, channels. Um, but where I was going with that is I think the stock market is about to have the wind taken out. Uh, we're going to see a lot on Wednesday when the Fed talks Jerome Powell. But yeah, I think if interest rates are, are rising, um, that's going to cause the rotation out of the, you know, the big six tech stocks, you know, the Teslas, Amazons of the world into growth. Yeah. Because I do think um, there's a lot more money coming. Uh, I think the job picture is about to get better. I see demand picking up. So yes, we do have supply chain issues without question, right? It's still... Yeah not just in time manufacturing has seen a lot of issues right both in manufacturing of cars and computers all these chips are not there it's, it's crazy uh i'm more nervous about consumer inflation um coming or spiking quickly because i already see it in food and gas right which we all use mm -hmm. uh, i see it in rent right when i have a vacancy i raise rent uh, a lot the last four or five months because demand is there if we continue to see asset inflation in homes, that's going to take buyers out of the picture and make more renters, as you know. Uh, yeah. so I'm a little bit more nervous about inflation becoming a foothold. I agree there's a supply chain issues. And, and frankly, Janet Yellen agrees with you. She's now out saying that, yep, you know what? Prices are going to go up because of stimulus, but she's saying it'll be short-term supply chain issues. I don't yeah, know. you get a little you get a little bump because people are going to go out and spend some money and stimulate. And then once we open the economy back up, there'll be a little surge, you know, cabin mm -hmm. fever. Everybody's going to get out and go back to restaurants and movies and, you know, this, that and the other, assuming there, there are good movies released. But at the end of the day, um, it's really interesting. So we are gas prices went well below normal levels. We're, we're basically back to a normal price point. I don't know what the national average is, but, you know, in our area, it's much cheaper than yours. I mean, for us, you know, $3 a gallon is the price point threshold. Mm. So we're used to seeing it in the twos, mid twos, you know, just up to about the $3 for regular gasoline level. I think national average might be more than that because of the West Coast and other areas where it's more expensive. But, um, you know, that's what's normal for us. And we haven't seen $3 gas yet. And I don't know that we will, mm. but 
five years ago, six years ago, gas was four bucks in yeah. my area. So we've seen much higher gas prices. Sure. Uh, we've seen much higher food prices. We've seen, you know, much higher prices in other areas. It contracted than it, than it you know, it's kind of, you know, it's a commodity. So it's mm -hmm. up and down. Um, so, you know, that's interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens at the pumps. And when gas does start hitting a certain threshold, the economy contracts. Okay. Oh, yeah. And you start flirting with recessionary, you know, potential. So um, it kind of seems to balance itself out. You know, the, the oil industry only pushes those price points so far. Rents. Rents are another thing. And this is what I advise all my clients when you're looking at rent increases. Whenever you have a vacancy, you know, and you have people come in, keep quoting a higher rent till you get pushback. That's how you know when you've reached market. You can look at your comparables, but at the end of the day, if you've got the only place in town, you can push it to a point, but you're only going to push it to a point. Same thing with housing. Okay. Um, you, you're getting ready to sell your grandmother's house you were telling me about. I just helped my mom sell her house. There is a point that people will go to and they won't go beyond it. Yeah. So even with the interest rates where they're at, even with, you know, the liquidity that's out there, the only place where there is no stopping point is in the financial assets. <laughs> yeah. Know? Those are going to stupid numbers that make zero sense where there is no threshold. There's even a FOMO ETF coming out. Yeah. You know, for people that feel like they're missing out on the stock market. But when it comes to housing, there's multiple offers on properties, but they only go so high. People yeah. stop bidding at a point. Same thing with fuel. It'll get to a point where people will push back and they won't pay. Mortgage rates, people, you know, you get over 3% now and you get close to four, done. If you get near 4%, housing market's done. People will push back and they won't buy because they think, do you need to be in the twos? They're all mm. conditioned. Just yeah. like gas prices, you know, just like other things where the sneaky inflation is, you know, is at the food level because you got to have food, mm -hmm. clothing, you got to have clothing. But, you know, there's always always deals there. Um, you know, movie theaters, they started getting pushed back on movie theater tickets and had to change their business model, you know, things like that. So sure. it's really interesting um, in terms of where we're at and where we can go. And the really interesting thing is we should have been in an inflationary period since 2008-9 with all of the stimulus, yeah. all of the quantitative easing, you know, all of the fiscal policy, our MMT experiment that we've kind of sort of been in since 2008-9 with the printing press. But the only place you're seeing inflation that we should be seeing everywhere is at the asset level because, again, the money's not going into the right hands to create real inflation at the consumer level. Mm. So if I were to break down our discussion in the last 10 minutes, you are, I guess I'll say it this way, you're not overly concerned about inflation rising above, say, two and a half, three percent in the near term. No, because the buyer creates the rules. So if prices okay. get out of control, people will stop buying, they'll come back down. Yeah, they'll trade down, right? The whole marginal marginal utility. Everything. Everything. Yeah. Okay. Except financial assets. That's the only area where all bets are off. People do stupid things <laughs> because it's all speculation. But at the consumer level where okay. real inflation lives, yep. people will push back and stop spending. All right. Now, when you're out looking at deals today, has anything changed in your evaluation? Because maybe the cost of capital is, might change in the short term or uh, anything like that. Has it changed at all because of what might be around the corner with inflation and higher rates? So if I've got a deal that's short term that I can get in and out of, I will pay more now than I would have a year ago because the market okay. is so hot. Right. So if it's a short term in and out play, there's so much demand out there for, and this is at every level, this is commercial, multifamily, housing, land, 
you can speculate, but you got to really know your market. You got to really know what you're doing and you got to be able to handle being wrong. So whereas before I've always been a value investor, I've always had my formula and I would, I, you know, I'm opportunistic, but now, you know, just to have a little fun, you know, I'll dip my toe in on something and pay a little more than I normally would because I know I can get out of it tomorrow more. My mom's house was a classic example. We had one offer that was a loan contingency mm -hmm. and the realtor was worried about the appraisal, but it was $25,000 more than a cash offer. Mm. Okay. And I said, take the loan deal. I'm not worried about appraisal. I said, if she wants a cash offer, I'll buy it and I'll sell it to her. Ah, <laughs> you know, so. There you go. <laughs> I'll take the extra 25 grand. No problem. Exactly. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Oh, that's hilarious. Very, very cool, Matt. And just so people know, when you think short-term in and out, you're less than nine months. Uh, you know, I'm less talking three to six months okay, right now. Less than because six. With, with treasury yields going up mm -hmm. and with rates going up, this market can turn on a dime. Okay. So, Glad you know, you, you got to be able to get in and out, and, you know, quickly and be nimble. Right now, I'd really like to, and I'm talking about short-term flip plays, you know, yeah. that you can knock out in about 90 days or something. For sure. Um, I mean, it's, we're, we're, we're treading thin water right now with rates. Yeah. I, yeah. I totally agree. I just locked up a quick flip. Hope to be out in three or four months for that reason. It's like, yeah, the market's hot. Let's go. So makes mm -hmm. total sense. Well, Greg, any closing thoughts on this? I think you nailed it. No, I think that, I think that's it. Just keep an eye on rates, keep an eye on, you know, demand and supply chains out there and understand where real inflation lives at the consumer level. So once the cash starts flowing into people's hands, they'll be a little free with it. But once it stops, you know, all bets are off. Very cool, man. Thank you very much.